Welcome, Warriors, to MDC. In this series, I'm examining every single goddamn page of the Secrets of Shadowloo supplement for the Street Fighter storytelling game, intent on uncovering the single biggest secret on each page. Every episode covers one page, every episode is short. Secrets of Shadowloo was published in 1994 by White Wolf Game Studio. Today we're discussing page four of Secrets of Shadowloo. Today is a full-page illustration of two canonical characters from Street Fighter. The Street Fighter RPG, of course, has two tiers of character. Uh, the canonical, attractively designed, famous characters uh, from Capcom. Zongief, Blanca, Dalsim, Chun-Li, Ken, Ryu, Guile, as well as the less popular ones from Super Street Fighter. Uh, Bruce Lee, the racially insensitive one, the other racially insensitive one, and the one with the butt. And then below that, you've got the tier of original characters who, uh, you know, we'll see them later, but suffice it to say, you've never heard of the great breakout characters from White Wolf's Street Fighter RPG, and there is a reason why that is true. Today, we don't need to deal with those losers. These are classic, canonical Street Fighter characters. However, you might miss it. You might not notice it first. You see, they're dressed for undercover action. I'm going to put this illustration up on Instagram. What we have here is a pair act, a duo, Dalsim and Chun-Li, very recognizable characters with very recognizable designs, and therefore they're covering themselves, concealing themselves, so they won't be noticed in a story we're about to read. We're about to get some opening fiction here in chapter one, colon, prelude, colon, poison haze, where Dalsim and Chun-Li are going to figure prominently in the story. So we know from the fiction that's coming later that these two are kind of coming in undercover into a bar. They're not doing street fighting. They're doing street clue trail, right? The part of a street fighter campaign between the street fights. And the secret of Shadowloo for today is sartorial. Chun-Li is an Interpol agent. She knows what she's about. She's made a choice here in infiltrating Shadowloo territory that I don't understand. She must know something about Shadowloo that we don't. That's the secret we're talking about today. First, let me start with the easy part. Dalsim, he's keeping it low-key. His undercover garb consists of what looks like a, a torn bedsheet knotted above one shoulder to form like a, a loose collar for him. And the rest of the bedsheet is just sort of draped over his body. Now you might say, okay, but you've still got big red painted streaks on your bald head. You still got these big hoop earrings. You still got these big hoop bracelets. You got your wrist wrap on, you're gaunt, you're barefoot. You're still a little bit noticeable. That's true. However, vitally, this martial arts bedsheet that Dalsim is wearing is concealing his necklace of skulls, which I think you'll agree makes him substantially less conspicuous. This is classic martial arts disguise for concealing your true power. Cover up that necklace of skulls, cover up as much of your weird physique as you can. Not only do we get the subtlety though, but this is practical for combat. Whipping off your cape or your martial arts wrap or your robe, tossing it away with one hand before a fight, that's a classic martial arts move. And this is just a bed sheet. You can go to any bed, bath, and beyond and replace this at any time. If anything, Let's say it gets stolen. Let's say that some big Dalsim fan jumps up and grabs it when you toss it away. Like Dalsim is fucking John Cena throwing his t-shirt. And then the Dalsim fan runs away and tries to sell it on eBay or whatever. No big deal. You go to Bed Bath & Beyond. You replace it. The new bed sheet's going to be in better condition. This thing looks like it's seen a few fights. This martial arts wrap, it is distressed. I bet Dalsim's wife hates it when he goes out in this thing. I bet she's like, you know, we have bed sheets. Let me go to the bed. We've got a guest room. We've got a bed sheet we're not using. And Dalsim is like, no, my wife, I must insist. 
I have a perfectly good raveling square of cloth here. We are not made of squares of cloth. Why should I adorn myself in new rags when my old rags are barely disintegrating? But yeah, in this scenario, it is Dalsim and not Dalsim's wife who is correct because Dalsim's wife doesn't understand what it is with these with these rowdy crowds. Somebody could steal this at any moment and then you're out one bedsheet. But if it's an old filthy bedsheet, you're happy if someone steals it. Who cares? Professional wrestlers know this. You can tell. There are certain things professional wrestlers throw into the crowd or drop at ringside and other things that they hand to someone. Even pro wrestlers whose whole gimmick is they're like unpredictable wild cards who will do anything and fuck up anyone. You watch that gingerly handoff as they hand over their own gear to a person at ringside. If a wrestler is going to throw something into a crowd, it has to be almost literally worthless. They're running on tight margins. And so is Dalsim. Therefore, he goes undercover by wrapping a ragged bedsheet around himself. Very practical. It's a classic martial arts look. Great. No secret of Shadowloo there. Now let us turn to Chun-Li. Chun-Li, a much more worldly woman, an Interpol investigator. Her fighting gear is very different from Dalsim's. Dalsim, if you're not familiar, I don't know if he's like a vow of poverty or what, but he fights in like wrapped shins and wrists, body paint, the aforementioned necklace of skulls, and then like poor man's jorts. And I don't mean figuratively poor man's like they're a poor imitation. I mean, literally like the jorts of a poor man. Like a man whose crotch has craved the embrace of jorts, but alas, he cannot afford jorts. And so he goes out and finds like a burlap sack and roughly crafts himself jorts and then holds it up with a rope as a belt, which is what Dalsim does. I don't purport to know Dalsim's motives for dressing this way in street fights, but whatever his reason is, maybe it applies in this scenario too, where he's out on the town to gather some information in Shadowloo territory. So fair enough. Chun-Li who is a fun-loving girl martial artist who works for Interpol and yet is somehow much closer to me in lifestyle and temperament, I feel. She dresses the way that she does in her iconic blue dress and white boots because she practices wushu, which is a very show-offy martial arts style. She's representing her style. She's playing up to the crowd. Her rationale is very tied to competition, right? A martial arts exhibition. That's not what she's doing here. We know that in this scenario, she's like at a Shadaloo bar tracking down clues. So I don't know why Chun-Li decided to come dressed up in her ring gear. All I know is that it wasn't to show off because she then added to her very distinctive, brightly colored ring gear, a fucking tremendous trench coat. Really, go look at this illustration. Chun-Li, I don't know her canonical height per Capcom, but it's got to be about, what, three, five, somewhere in that vicinity. She's, she's a short woman. She appears in this illustration to be wearing... Marv's trench coat from Sin City. What possessed Chun-Li to come here wearing essentially her her circus outfit, right? Her her distinctive blue dress, but then to cover it with a trench coat that is clearly too big for her. I'm very unclear on what level of subtlety Chun-Li is going for here, but I might give it a pass and say that her motives are her own, except for part of Chun-Li's costume, which she is wearing on this occasion, is a pair of gigantic spiked bracelets. And if you're not familiar with Chun-Li from the Street Fighter video game, you don't understand what I mean when I say these are gigantic bracelets. The solid part of the bracelet is bigger around than her closed fist, and the spikes start from there. If she put the spikes on her two bracelets together, like point to point, her fingers wouldn't be able to touch over that distance. That's how huge these bracelets are. And this raises so many questions about the trench coat. Does she plan to fight in the trench coat? If so, why wear your fancy blue dress? underneath the trench coat that you're not going to take off. It's only going to draw attention to you. If nothing else, now you're going to have to wash it, right? 
Once again, something I know from listening to pro wrestling podcasts, cleaning your gear is no joke. This isn't like your fucking football uniform. It's pretty much utilitarian. The team pays for it. You might have a lot of different copies of it. When you're a fighter, you pay for your own gear. You probably got one outfit. It's got to look good. It's got to stay looking fresh and you sweat your ass off in it. So once the lights die down and the crowd's gone home, the lonely fighter is in their hotel room filling up the hotel bathtub with soapy water of the correct temperature for the materials involved and putting all their gear to soak in the water. And then they're going to bring it out. They're going to air dry it. Who wants to go through this for a night out wushu fighting in a bar with a gigantic trench coat wrapped around your outfit so no one can see it anyway? But, but, but conversely, does she plan to take the trench coat off? How on earth is she going to get that thing off with these giant bracelets on? She's, she's going to have to take the bracelets off to get this trench coat off to fight. Now, I submit to you that in an emergency situation where you're attacked, you jumped, just getting a trench coat off. That's more than you want to be doing before you start punching back. But getting off these giant fucking bracelets, then getting your trench coat off, and then you've got no spiky bracelets. What if you go to stab somebody in the head with your bracelets? Muscle memory, and the bracelets aren't there. You're just harmlessly brandishing your wrist in their face. And then they kung fu you, and now you've lost. All because you didn't have those giant bracelets on. Obviously, you've got to put the giant bracelets back on after you've taken them off to take the trench coat off. Now we're like three rounds into combat. And look, you know what would streamline that process? Don't wear the bracelets while you're wearing the trench coat. Put them in one of those pockets. God knows there's enough room. Honestly, Chun-Li, if she crouches, could probably fit her whole body into one of the pockets of this trench coat. There's plenty of room in there for these bracelets. Not to mention that would make you a lot less conspicuous. I mean, the blue dress peeking out from the trench coat isn't helping. But the giant bracelets make it practically impossible. How are you supposed to have a moody conversation with a bartender trying to grill him for information with those giant fucking bracelets on? Fold your hands on the bar. Skinny Louie, we meet again. I need info. And then you look down. Your folded hands are propped up like a foot above the bar by your comically giant spiked bracelets. Skinny Louie is going to laugh in your face. And yet, Chun-Li is a competent professional on a secret mission for Interpol here. Once again, we have a secret of Shadaloo I can't solve. Why would you go to a Shadaloo bar in your ring gear under a giant trench coat that you're obviously going to have to fight in if the shit goes down because you can't get it off over your giant fucking bracelets? There must be a reason. Maybe there's some kind of a, a an underworld dress code where you have to wear a trench coat over whatever your fanciful fucking costume is to show that you're here to do noir style dirty business, not to have full-blown martial arts fights. Or maybe the, the trench coat in this sprawling game of international cloak and dagger shenanigans maybe it's like a peacock's plumage maybe it's like ridiculously overdeveloped signification of what a serious badass you are maybe people are cowering in their boots in the shadowloo bar like did you fucking see chun li come in here did you see that fucking trench coat it's got to be three sizes too big what kind of fucking monster are we dealing with here and then one of bison's enforcers comes out of the back room giant trench coat trailing behind him like 10 feet like the train of a wedding dress and he's like, I'll handle this. But anyway, once again, we, we don't know. We simply don't know the details of Shadowloo etiquette. I trust Chun-Li. That's always been my policy in life. Since I was a small, horny boy, I've always believed in Chun-Li. And uh, you know what? Deep inside, I am still that small, horny boy. Chun-Li, I know you know what you're doing. But this sartorial secret of Shadowloo, the rationale for this apparently nonsensical costuming decision, it's beyond me. That's for sure. Maybe we'll learn more about this situation as we read about it in the opening fiction. So join me next time for that on MDC. This has been MDC. 
New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret Patreon-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that RSS feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact or check out the show wherever you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. Street Fighter and all associated trademarks are property of Capcom. This season's theme music, used under a Creative Commons license, is City Lights at Night by Revolution Void, whose work you can find at sites.google.com slash view slash Revolution Void, or at freemusicarchive.org slash music slash revolution underscore void. Thanks for listening. Now get lost. You can't compare with my power. <laughs>